Welcome to Sleep Talk Snapshots, bringing you the latest on sleep from around the world. Hi, I'm David Cunnington, a sleep physician. Welcome to this Sleep Talk Snapshot from day two of Sleep Down Under 2016, the annual scientific meeting of the Australasian Sleep Association. So another great day with lots of interesting sessions. The topics I want to talk about today are sleep apnea and excessive sleepiness or hypersomnia. A highly anticipated study has been the SAVE study and the results of this were released a couple of months ago and published in the New England Journal of Medicine. But there was a particular session to discuss the results of the SAVE study that was presented this morning. The SAVE study was designed as a randomised control trial to look at the effect of CPAP in reducing future cardiovascular risk in people who've already had a cardiovascular event, so at higher risk of future events. The reason for this is lots of previous studies had shown an association with sleep apnea and increased cardiovascular risk. Uh, other studies had also shown that that cardiovascular risk was reduced in observational studies, but they can be prone to bias where people can be thought to improve or have their cardiovascular risk reduced with CPAP but it actually occurs for other reasons rather than necessarily the CPAP alone. So to answer this question, the SAVE study was designed. It was conducted in seven countries and there were just over 2,700 patients who were randomised to usual care or usual care plus CPAP. In those that were using CPAP, they used it for an average of 3.3 hours per night and were followed for on average around four and a half years. With CPAP use, there was no reduction in future cardiovascular events, which really went against what people may have expected from this study, as we've always thought that CPAP treatment would reduce our cardiovascular risk, so the results were somewhat unexpected. In talking through why the results may have turned out as being uh, negative, there were some suggestions such as the study being underpowered statistically, uh, Doug McAvoy, the principal investigator, did not think this was the case, and I would probably agree with that. Uh, in listening to Doug talk about the results, his feeling was that it's probably the previous studies had suggested an association and that the observational studies suggesting an improvement in cardiovascular risk with CPAP had been subject to bias and therefore overestimated the effect. Unfortunately, there wasn't really a lot of time for direct questions to ask Doug more in depth about his thinking about why the study may have been negative. And in retrospect, that was a bit of a lost opportunity by the organisers not allowing enough time for that. The second topic I want to talk about today is hypersomnia and narcolepsy. Unfortunately, there's very little in the meeting on these conditions. One of the two research papers presented as posters at the meeting is actually from our own group, presented by one of our advanced trainees, Dr. J.K. Koo. They'd looked at people we'd treated in the practice with sodium oxabate or Xyrem, which is a medication that is now uh, available in Australia for people with narcolepsy. We tend to use it in people with difficult to control cataplexy as our reading of the literature is that's where it seems to have uh, its best effect. But we've also been using it in some people with ongoing hypersomnia or sleepiness despite conventional medications. We've also not confined its use to uh, narcolepsy alone, as ha we have used it in a number of people with idiopathic hypersomnia. Dr Koo presented the results and showed that on average people had significantly improved their Epworth sleepiness scores or symptoms of sleepiness and also had significant reduction in episodes of cataplexy. The second research presentation on narcolepsy and hypersomnia was looking at symptoms of headaches and migraines. An online survey of over 500 people with narcolepsy and hypersomnia showed that headaches were more common in those with hypersomnia, be it narcolepsy with cataplexy or without cataplexy, or hypersomnia for other reasons such as idiopathic hypersomnia, than in a background population. 
It raises the question of why people would get headaches and whether it's related to sleepiness itself or whether it's something about the biology of these conditions that may be contributing to headaches. And a last bit of news in the narcolepsy and hypersomnia area is that armadafinil, uh, or brand name New Vigil, will be available on the PBS from November 1st, which does give us another option in terms of pharmacotherapy in treating symptoms of excessive sleepiness. Look out for tomorrow's update from day three of the Sleep Down Under conference. If you're looking for more information or in more in-depth podcasts, check out our monthly podcast at sleephub.com.au forward slash podcast. You can also access the Sleep Talk podcast via iTunes, podcasting apps or the Sleep Talk app for iOS. For the A to Z of sleeping well, head to the hub, sleephub.com.au. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for your own independent health professional's advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider within your country or place of residency with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.